This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is The Good Life. Food, wine, and all the good things of life. Now, here's the host of The Good Life, Guy Bauer. Hey, get that microphone over here. Uh, hey, welcome to the program. Uh, I'm glad you're here. If you haven't been outside, fix it. It's just a gorgeous day. And there's so many things going on in town this weekend. Well, it's that time of year. Fall in, in the flatlands is filled with magnificent events. Um, had the pleasure of going to the event uh, out at Doc's Hangar, the B-29 Hangar at Midcontinent. Excuse me. Eisenhower, not Mid-Continent. But uh, well, I'll tell you about some of those events later, but we got to jump right in. Um, it's all about Latin cuisine from all over the South America. And, of course, I have a great wine of the week from Argentina, um, just to fit in with that. My guest has been on the program a number of times. Stretch my memory. In 2011, it was the new Southern Latino table, I think, and 2017 was another one, and I can't remember. But she's nice enough to come back today, and she is busy as can be. Got a dinner or some kind of cooking demo tonight, and she's promoting her new book. It's called Latinissimo, Home Recipes from the 21 Countries of Latin America. Her name is Sandra Gutierrez. I could tell you more about her, but the best thing is, Sandra, welcome to The Good Life. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me again. It's a pleasure talking to you. Well, it's so fun to see. Uh, all your books have been great. This encyclopedia of Latin cuisine is phenomenal with beautiful photography. And the best part is there's so many recipes in here that the average uh, gringo has gone, what? I, I never heard of that. Um, <laughs> you know, and and... So you're doing your part to expand, but we can't talk about the book until we talk about you. Um, you've been busy, and talking about I have been. talking about what got you involved in in food from the early days up through now, and and uh, your food, wine, and travels. Well, I was born in the United States in Philadelphia, but I moved to Guatemala when I was five years old, where my family was from. And I learned to cook really from my grandmother in a very old-fashioned way and my aunt. Both of them taught me, brought me into the kitchen. One of them taught me French cuisine and all the basics, and the other one taught me Latin American cooking. 
So it was uh, uh, quite an education for me, never knowing that I would use it down the line. I went to the American school in Guatemala, so I learned how to write and read in English, which has come in very handy in my life. (laughs) And I started writing about food um, as a job in 1996 when I was hired to be the food editor for the newspaper in Cary, North Carolina. And the story goes on from there. I wrote for magazines and newspapers around the world after that. And then an agent called me and my wonderful agent, the Echoes Group, called me and they hired me to write books for them. So um, this is the story. I wrote, I've written five books, including this one. And the first one, the New Southern Latino Table, has made it um, to um, to the Smithsonian uh, National Museum of American History. So my story is there in, on exhibit at the food exhibit, the permanent food exhibit at the Smithsonian. So it's fun. If anybody's around there, go and buy and check it out. It's right next to Julia Child's kitchen. Mine's a tiny, tiny window, but I'm very proud to be there. <laughs> hey, if you can be displayed near the kitchen that Julia Child made famous, uh, you're just as famous, maybe more so. Um, no, 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 no. But I'm very happy to say that the publisher of this book, Kanaf, also published her book. So I feel like she's like my fairy godmother looking down on me. Oh, that's great. Uh, and the best part about it is they let you put together this huge book with beautiful photography. We'll get onto some of that later. But um, okay, so here you are, an accomplished writer, and you're considerably younger than me. Uh, and when you came up with this concept, uh, Latinissimo, to, to, to do all the countries of Latin America, uh, the sound of that is kind of intimidating. Yes. And yes, it is. And most publishing houses saw it that way, too. It's very intimidating. I first started talking about this book about 10 years ago. I've been researching for it for the past 30. I'm not much younger than you are, I don't think. But anyway, um, so the publishing houses were very intimidated by it. They were not ready. I just never gave up my my dream or my desire to write this book. And I wrote other books in the meantime, but this book was always deeply set in my heart. What convinced Knopf is that it is a cookbook that I have been researching for so long about homemade recipes by regular cooks like you and me. I am not a chef. I am a home cook like everybody else. I just happen to also be a writer and a culinary instructor. So I come across cooks like, like myself every day in my classes, and I've taught thousands and thousands of people, and I know what people are looking for in recipes when they get home. They're tired. They've had whole days of activities. They want to have dinner ready in less than an hour, but they also want flavor, and people now are traveling more than ever. And if anything happened, anything good came out of COVID, it's the fact that people really discovered that they could travel without moving from wherever they were through what they were eating. And so this opened up the window for uh, Kanaf to say this is worth it because we want everyday cooks to be able to uh, see these recipes that are not convoluted, they're not difficult to make, they don't have extraneous ingredients, but they're all very, very friendly and they're not exclusive of anybody. Everybody can cook it. Yeah, and you know, one of the coolest things about playing in the kitchen, whether you're helping with cooking, you're doing the cooking solo, or you're just sitting down at the table, is discovering new stuff. And, you know, I have such vivid food memories of the first time I had a taco, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and the the, the first time you have carnitas or, you know, mole or the the list goes on. And and I think there's still a huge 
population in our country that, uh, you know, has macaroni and cheese out of a frozen container or a box and, and frozen food and fast food and they don't even spend time in the kitchen much anymore. Yes, and the sadness about that is that their kids are developing food memories, which all of us used to, you know, have comforting memories of cooking with grandma or eating grandma soup or stew or whatever. And now their food memories will be French fries or something that somebody else made for them that has nothing to do with their family. But you brought something up interesting to me, and that is that all the foods you mentioned are Mexican. And that was also part of what I wanted to do. I, I talk about Latin American food as it being a large house and Mexico being the front door, because that is the cuisine that most of us here in the United States and in the Western world recognize more than anything, the moles, the tacos, the enchiladas, all of those things. But I say, once you cross over that threshold of that home, you discover that there are 20 other kitchens in it, and each one of those kitchens has extraordinary cuisine, and they're all different from each other, which is very difficult for people to understand when they think of Latin America. They think we all eat the same food and that we all speak the same Spanish, which we don't. Um, Brazil speaks Portuguese, but the rest of us don't even speak the same kind of dialect in Spanish. Um, And our food is completely different because different groups of people settled at different times of history in our towns, cities, and countries and developed their own blending of flavors and their own blending of cultures on a plate. And that's why each cuisine is so vibrant and so exciting and so not intimidating for people who would think that trying new dishes is scary because because somebody who loves Italian food would find it fascinating that a lot of Argentinian and Uruguayans eat Italian-like dishes. Uh, People who love Chinese or Japanese food will be enchanted by the Japanese and Chinese-style foods of Peru, which also have a little bit of African and Middle Eastern and Inca, of course. But it's these things that I've been able to break that fear by asking my students to jump very small leaps of faith as opposed to giving a huge jump across a bridge because the dishes um, that I serve them or that I teach are similar to others that they've had somewhere else. And so there's a little bit of an intimidation factor that I think prevents people from going to the kitchen and delving into new cuisine that I hope I have dispelled in this book. Yeah, and you know, you may remember, I grew up in South Florida in Miami, South Miami. Yes. And uh, I, I was in elementary school when the first plane loads of, of immigrants that being forced to leave Cuba came to our mm-hmm. country and they just stuck the kids in classroom with nothing. You know, they couldn't speak English and I, I don't know how they did it, but boy, they did it fast. And, mm-hmm. and the best thing I, again, another food memory is going to this apartment complex near in our neighborhood where some of my young Cuban friends lived and the smells. Oh my God. I, I, you could smell it from outside. But you walk yeah. in and go on two different levels, and as you walk down the hall, you know you can you can smell all all manner of Cuban cuisine being prepared, and 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 Cubans, I, and this how is this a fair statement? In Latin America, family meals are so much more important than what we do here today in our country. Absolutely, one hundred percent, yes, and I think that's because. 
Latin America in many ways is still very much a matriarchy. And so the women are the ones that pull the family to the table at least once a day. It used to be when there wasn't as much traffic back before the 1970s that we all used to go home for lunch and businesses would shut down in Latin America. And then you would go back to school or work later in the afternoon and your work day and school day would end up later because you had those two hours every day in the middle where you went home and you ate at the family table. Now that's changed with traffic and modernization. But still dinner time, supper time in Latin America and weekend meals are extremely important for the family. And when you're talking about Cuban cuisine, uh, you're talking particularly that the food that you remember is the food that is traditionally Cuban that has been disappearing throughout the years because after the communists took over Cuba, the ingredients that were available to the Cuban people living on the island have disappeared. I know this for a fact because my son-in-law is Cuban. He came here when he was 10 years old. He's a great doctor now. So I know what you mean about them assimilating very quickly, and they are very hardworking, wonderful people. But also, I know that I had to go and research very old books and talk to people who came here originally or people in, from Cuba and other countries who still remember what uh, cuisine used to be like because the dishes that they're eating in Cuba today or in Venezuela, for that matter, are no longer the dishes that the people who lived in the free countries remember. Uh, there's not, not enough money for beef. There isn't any beef in the island of Cuba except for the very, very wealthy people. Uh, and so on and so forth. So the dishes that you remember are those dishes that I've researched for the past 30 years. And they are in my book. I wish I could have included 3,000 recipes <laughs> per country because I just touched on the tip of the iceberg. But those are the recipes that you will find in the book, the recipes that are still important for home cooks, that well, have a lot of tradition and that I don't want them to get lost. Good. Me neither. Um Let's take a quick break. We come back. We're going to talk more with Sandra Guterres. The book is magnificent. It is Home Recipes from the 21 Countries of Latin America. It's called Simply Latinissimo. And uh, beautiful photography. Uh, thank you, publisher, for allowing you to do that. Um, and I got a great one of the week from South America to keep the trend going. But we're going to delve into the book after this break. So whatever you do, don't go away. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 